0: Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Cardboard Herald, my chance to talk with creative gamers and game creators, and joining me today is designer Nicholas Fournier, who has the upcoming game, Megapulse, coming to Kickstarter right around the corner. The owner of Orion Games, welcome to the show. Hey, Jack, thank you for having me. I'm glad to have you, and you're just coming off the tail of going to a bunch of conventions and stuff. You were at Gen Con, weren't you?
1: Yeah, so I was at Gen Con, and I'm going uh, in Germany to Essen in two weeks.
0: So so, so <laughs> you're convention. in Canada right now, and then you come to the U.S. to go to Gen Con, and now you're going to mm-hmm. Germany for Essen, and it is 2021. What is that experience like? I mean, international traveling while we're in this global pandemic is crazy enough on its own, and now you're showing off games to people? What, tell me about your experience at Gen Con.
1: Yeah, so going to Gen Con was quite easy. So I had the COVID test before I went there. Uh, coming back was quite harder. Uh, you you need a specific kind of test uh, to go back to Canada. Uh, it costs a lot of money, and it needs to be like in a specific time uh, before uh, returning. right. And right. you have to... Re- like filled and all this uh, kind of uh, paperwork to, to return. Um, But like going back home to Canada is easier than like going just to visit. Okay. Uh, So hopefully I like uh, everything went well. Uh, And I think it's going to be basically the same for Germany, but Gen Con was really good really awesome Uh, It was my first big con like that Uh, So many people and they only had (laughs) like 50 (laughs) percent 50 percent capacity and it was still like people everywhere (laughs) So it was crazy.
0: So you were just showing off mega pulse to people were you still doing any sort of development? Or were you really just promoting the upcoming Kickstarter?
1: Yeah, the the development is pretty over uh, now So we were just promoting just showing up the game uh so many people asked us to buy a copy and we we're just like oh we don't have anything to sell <laughs> we're just like uh, hyping people up for the kickstarter um but we did uh, got a bunch of cool feedback that are really interesting um uh, more towards the components of the game mm-hmm. So, for example, we had uh, the cards being laminated for sure. the convention so that they won't break uh, as easily. <laughs> and people really love the plastic feel of the cards. They said like it, it feels like sturdy uh, and futuristic as well, mm-hmm. having these plastic cards in your hand. So this gave us the idea to maybe have that as a stretch goal maybe on the Kickstarter. So a uh, bunch of great feedback, a bunch of great people. I think we've met like over 1,500 people uh, on, on that weekend it was crazy
0: well orion games is the their debut your debut is this release so like what is getting space at gen con you know are you in an unpub room or are you like actually there with a booth is it harder to jockey for space you know amongst all these established companies as this new guy saying hey look at my game it's like f-zero meets i don't know flam rouge
1: (laughs) yeah so you could uh if you want to uh just pay less to go into uh the prototype section uh of the of gen con we actually paid for a full booth so we were there amongst the other exhibitors in the main exhibitor hall uh we had a small space just one table showing up the game doing some demos uh so People really liked the, the feeling of our booth, like it was small, it was only one one table playing a game, uh, but it felt uh, genuine, like we were not there, there to like push a product on you and buy stuff. And so many of these booths were just about selling products that there were not a lot just where you could sit down and play. Sure. So uh, people f- found that really fun to just sit down, relax a bit, play a game uh, and like, not feel bad for not buying anything afterwards right you just have to say oh yeah i'll back the kickstarter and then we we, we won't know you anymore <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah i think we had a great relation with people there uh like people love to talk with us uh people everyone
0: was so friendly so what what's your carnival barker pitch for this game like when someone's walking by and you just have one table and you're like hey you want to come over and play Mega Pulse?" and someone's like what's Mega Pulse?" like what what you you have such a narrow window in order to catch their attention so like what is it that you tell them in order to get them into a seat
1: yeah so we have a one minute pitch and a five minute pitch because we always ask permission for people so we're like hey (laughs) do do you do you give me one minute of your time to like give you the the quick recap and uh, if they say yes, then we go all in. If they don't, because we can kind of see in their eyes, like, if they're interested to know more about it. Uh, so sometimes we'll just see if they're, like, looking at the track, like, kind of feeling the vibe, and we just approach them. Uh, most of the time, uh, like, we can, we can, we know when it's time to talk. So basically, the, 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 the basic uh, elevator pitch is um, a futuristic racing game inspired by Wipeout, F-Zero, and Mario Kart okay so we have uh way more action and dynamism than other racing games so you can shoot people throw bombs uh you can um drift through curves charge nitro there's um a bunch of uh upgrades that you can get to uh, do some hand building so uh some racing games you roll a die to move uh, and that's basically it in this game. It's a card. Uh, there's a lot of card play so uh, you can have your hand of cards which is all the different actions and you can upgrade your hand by losing some cards gaining some cards during the race uh, and you, you have that uh, hand building mechanic there, then there's a uh, simultaneous action selection. So everyone chooses two cards face down and then reveal before we each take our turns. So there's a lot of action planning, trying to figure out like what people will do, how to react to it. And you have a way to change a turn order uh, in the same turn uh, before anyone plays. So you can become first player, collide with people, uh, play some bombs and then surprise uh, people. So uh, there's that. Uh, there's also a modular track so you can create your own track. There's uh, 32 track tiles and you only need like 12 or 14 to create a track. So there's a bunch of variety you can do. You can split the track into join it back together. Um, and yeah I think like uh, I'm a bit of a rusty because it's been uh, uh, like two weeks and I'm the guy doing the demos uh-huh. I had Devin there with me uh Devin is a friend designer I met on on Facebook and it was the first time we met in real life and he was then there with me at Gen Con and he was the guy uh, at the booth uh talking to people while I was doing the demos right so uh, it, it would be uh, better for the, the pitch than me <laughs> yeah
0: well Devin was actually the guy who kind of like carnival barked me like he was hunting down appointments and he was like hey hey jack i met a guy and he told me about this podcast and also like i know this other guy and there's this bonkers wild racing game that he's making i thought like yo this would be a perfect connection to make and so like he was <laughs> rallying me as if i were a passerby at gen con i just happen to be in alaska while you're on you know the other <laughs> side of the continent, so." Yeah. With um with this game, you know, you mentioned some of the, the inspirations for it being video games, and yep. this is one of the, the biggest challenges to me out of making adaptations of video games in a tabletop space, is that especially games like um or I guess genres that are like real-time strategy or racing games. Part of the exhilaration and the the, the enjoyment out of it is the instantaneous feedback, the the need to carry momentum forward, and that you don't have the time to really think about things, which is kind of antithetical to the typical board game experience unless you're doing a real-time game which is a a whole (laughs) different bag of beans so like how do you make sure that you're you're keeping players adrenaline up and capturing that spirit of the games that you're drawing inspiration from but making it make sense within a tabletop context
1: that's a good question. We we have a few uh, mechanics that help us uh, like give the feeling of a racing video game and keep the adrenaline up. So uh, first of them is the uh, simultaneous action selection. So because we're uh, making a plan in our head and placing these cards face down in front of us and then revealing them, we kind of have the feeling in a racing video game where you aim for the next curve. Try to uh, predict mm-hmm. w- w- what people will do and how to take that curve. And then uh, you have you kind of give up some control because everything is going so fast. And in Megapoles, because you need to select your actions before you take your turns, uh, you kind of have that feeling of making a plan in your head and trying to make it work. And since we have uh, everything in, in Megapoles is about interaction. So uh, we took inspiration from Mario Kart, for example. Uh, so there's a bunch of ways to interact with people and you're encouraged to bump into each other. So if I collide with you, I deal damage to you and I push you around, but I don't take any damage myself. So people want to crash into each other. And if I crash uh, with you during my turn, then that slightly changes your turn because now you cannot take the same path you intended to. You'll, um, you'll want to like change a, a bit how you're going to play your turn Uh, So that feeling of always being involved in the game because other players turn will directly impact how you you play your turn. Uh, And having all these cinematic moments of crashing people into walls, taking these boosts on the track, it feels in your head as if you're actually racing, uh, as if you're taking those actions. And we made the the mechanics as crunchy as feel good as possible. So you you go fast, uh, you go crazy. Uh, The bombs have a huge radius of damage, you can kind of feel in your head these moments these memories from your childhood from playing playing those games those video games and they all come back to you what, what about and, rubber banding
0: yeah. you know like yeah <laughs> that, that, that's one of the biggest issues that you know is a make or break thing for a lot of people playing say mario kart is you know you yeah. have the situation where you want a skilled player to be able to do better but then you also want the the less skilled players to still stand some sort of chance and be competitive. (laughs) And, like, how do you balance that so that it's satisfying in the least because any bit too much in either direction is just going to make it a disaster? Yeah,
1: so that was uh, one challenge we had during development. And um, so we have a few things that help with that. Uh, Everything in Megapoles is designed so that it's harder... To uh, keep going and keep gaining, uh, making distance between you and the other players uh, as first player, then it is easy to catch up. So it's always easier to catch up than to keep going forward as as leading player. Um, So first of all, we have like damaging players. You have a card to shoot people. If you shoot other players in front of you, it's direct hits. You just deal damage to them because you're they're in range, right? Uh, but if you want to attack players behind you, you have to place a bomb, and you're trying to aim that bomb so that it will uh, like explode to like and, and hinder other players' movement. But uh, it's not guaranteed for you to deal damage. Then, uh, so and then all the other th- stuff about uh, the collision system, right? Uh, in other racing games, they try to prevent players from um, colliding with each other by having the leading player of the race be the first player. So at the end of each round in other racing games, you change the turn order so that the first player is the leading racer. That way there, there's not uh, that much collisions. In Mega Pulse, uh the turn order changes by the player's action. There's a card in your hand that changes the turn order. And as long as no, no one plays that card, uh, the turn order stays the same. So if your first player uh, and you're behind other players, then you can on your turn crash into them. So as the leading racer of the race, everyone who plays before you crashes into you, so you take a bunch of damage. So um, it's like it's it's a better position to be in the last position because you you don't get people crashing into you as they move forward. And finally, we have our catch up mechanic which is the catalyst. So you have a pilot tile that you can choose, uh, which has a special a special ability that becomes stronger as you become uh, behind. So... That this special ability is available to you anytime. So, let's say uh, if I'm close to you and I'm the trickster, I have a grappling hook and I can grapple onto you and move as you move. Uh, I move with you, right? Uh, but if I'm five zones behind you, then I don't have to pay the cost for that card anymore uh, and it gets a bit stronger. So, uh, this helps me. Uh, catch up uh, quite a bit, uh, because if I'm really far behind, then it's going to be really more powerful. So in that sense, it's really hard to really get more than five spaces behind the first player. You Mm -hmm. you have that rubber band effect that helps you stay in that zone. But from there, you still have to play your cards, right? You still have to earn that victory if you want to become the next first player. Uh, Because it's hard, it's easy to catch up, but hard to actually pass the first player.
0: And does it feel consistent from player count to player count? Because like it seems like something where at a lower player count it may still be good, but it's a def- uh, like a different feeling type of game as opposed to like a higher yeah. player count where there's much more collisions. There, there's many more opportunities for you know overcoming or just being completely wrecked. Like again, bringing it back to Mario <laughs> Kart, that feeling yeah, of being yeah, yeah. in first place and suddenly it's like blue shell, <laughs> red shell, banana peel launching up ahead, and you're just like. What? <laughs> What is going on
1: yeah definitely so uh the game plays from two to four players mm-hmm. and at each player count uh the the feeling of it the vibe is slightly different but it's still really really fun so at four players that's where you're going to have the most chaos so players will place bombs there's going to be collisions it's going to be insane so you, you will, be, will be feeling like mirror Kart, basically uh at, at three players there's a bit less chaos uh because people will uh naturally collide less with each other so then you have less players being low health and then less like so incentivization uh, for fin- finishing a player. Sorry, I'm French Canadian and that word is killing me every time. It, it kills
0: me every time and I speak English.
1: <laughs> so at, at three players it's more about the skills. It's more about uh, who plays the best combos with their cards. Um, and then at two players, we actually have our uh, modular track system that you can just flip the tiles on the other side and the track becomes uh, a, a bit narrower, more narrow, right? Mm-hmm. So that uh, it's, it's harder to take the curves, it's harder to stay in the right track. So uh, it becomes more tense because players uh, will try their best to not die off the walls. Uh, so it feels like a duel of like who's going to be uh, managing their health best to uh, pass the finish line without, without dying. So both, uh, all, all player counts
0: are great, but they just feel like a, a different uh, tension uh, and experience. Nicholas it ain't cheap to travel internationally to not just one convention in one <laughs> country uh, but then to go to another convention and to have table space you have this yeah. upcoming Kickstarter this is the the first project for your company are you all in at this point like are, are, are you dedicating to this as your full time job right now or is this like the typical board game trajectory for someone where it's like well this is what I'm doing in my spare time and I have this other career but if this were to turn out then of course i'd love to make this my full-time gig
1: yeah so uh i have a full-time job uh and i'm a game designer uh for a small studio here in montreal uh so this is in my spare time but i actually like invest more time in this than my day job because i'm working like yeah i i uh, I watched the interview with dave back and he was talking how uh for distill they work like day and night on that right 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 basically the same here right so we're doing some all-nighters all the time uh, trying to like rush the game so yeah I've invested a lot of personal money a lot of time Uh, I can't wait for this to be over to have some time (laughs) with my girlfriend with my friends (laughs) with my family like actually see some people Um, so it's a full-on investment of everything I have on my personal side and um, I have some interesting opportunities uh for what it will become after MegaPulse, uh because I've, I've got a lot of people talking with me about like partnership uh doing starting something with them or merging this or like selling uh, rn games to uh, another publisher so there's many opportunities i might continue it myself i might uh merge it with something uh but megapoles was just a passion project something i want to do for myself to learn how to do the, pro- the whole process as a kind of uh uh, a way to uh, to create something of my own that I like before moving on to having a job, a, a boss, and something for my other project, right? <laughs> I
0: I know of quite a few French Canadian video game development studios. What's the yeah. the the tabletop game scene like there? It's it's uh, rising pretty fast. So I'd say, um, in, in Quebec, uh,
1: especially, uh, we have more and more distributors, more and more, um, publishers and the, um, the, the board game cafes, board Mm -hmm. game pubs, um, are, are booming. There's so many of them. So people are starting to realize that there's more to board games than Monopoly. (laughs) Um, so uh it's it's uh it's developing fast i don't know like comparatively to the u.s or other countries how fast it is uh but like it it seems like everyone's everyone wants to go into that, uh, industry. So you, we have all these small publishers just like me, like doing one board game alone. Uh, and then people start to do some B2B and like groups start to form. So we have bigger publishers. We have, um, Scorpion Masqué here, uh, which are doing pretty good. Uh, and also a lot of distributors, uh, like Synapse games, uh, plan, plan B that did, um, uh, what's the name? I, I, the, their new games is Equinox, but before that they did um, uh, Road of Spices, uh, the Golem edition. Oh sh- yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah,
0: they they did <laughs> the, the Century Spice Road and Century. Century Golem edition.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so I, I wouldn't say it's, it's as big as in the U.S. or in Europe, but it's certainly growing fast.
0: Well, let's talk about, like, the differences between your anticipation of going into Gen Con versus going to Essen, because yep. those are different stages of you bringing this game to life. So, like, was there a, a strategic consideration in, like, what your main focus and, like, the main audience that you wanted to present this to and how you wanted to show off the game in one convention versus the <clears throat> other? Um. So basically, uh, we decided
1: last minute to go there. Okay. (laughs) That's a good way to decide anything. (laughs) So we were like, Hey, Essen is coming. Uh, should we go there? I was talking to my girlfriend and we said,
0: let's do it. Let's do do it.
1: it. Uh, So we decided to go to Essen first just because it's the biggest one. It's a trip. It's like an adventure. Like we won't regret going there, uh, just because it's a whole, uh, Experience to go there once in a lifetime, you know. Um, <clears throat> but then uh, we saw Origins, Packs Unplugged, Gen Con, and we're like, hey, that would be fun too. Uh, so <laughs> that what like uh, budget wise, that may not have been the best decision, uh, but I'd regret nothing. So we we chose to go to Gen Con just because it was the biggest one in uh, North America. Um, and we had a Ton of fun. Uh, and I think it was a great preparation for Essen because we had a, a lot of English uh, speaking people. And I had Devin with me, who was uh, whose first language is English. So he could help me a lot. Uh, and it, because of the 50, uh, 50% attendance, uh, it, I think it was like the best conditions for me to like experience uh, a big a big convention. We had a bunch of things going wrong. Like uh, my plane ticket, uh, my plane was um, delayed. Uh, we had like a hotel room cancellation at the last minute. They, they changed this room for uh, like a smaller one. And we made some errors in the parking department of going <laughs> to GenCon uh but like that that was all like small uh, mistakes that will like help me have a safer more like peace of mind when I when I go to Germany for Essen because it's a, a it's another country and I like I know like it's mo- people mostly talk English at Essen but there's a bunch of German uh speaking folks so I had um I had uh, Andreas Wild work on uh, German flyers of the game, so that even if I don't speak German my, to myself, I can distribute those flyers to German uh, people so that they can uh, read and learn about the game and get hyped. <laughs> but that
0: way, I know you talked earlier about the the considerations, or at least the the safety precautions of getting tested, uh, coming yeah. to the country, and getting the tests and returning, and you know it being a much more uh, I guess elaborate tests and returning to Canada. Was there any part of this where you were considering maybe this just isn't <laughs> the time? Like the like the the collective <laughs> yeah. need to, as you know, people as human beings. Was there ever a moment where you were considering I'm contributing to maybe the problem of? just going to conventions traveling internationally i mean it's yeah. one thing for someone who's actually doing this as a matter of business which you are doing but it's mm-hmm. another thing to you know have this drive to go to conventions as an attendee and you're you're creating more of that drive you're incentivizing people to yeah. take part in something that <clears throat> is for the most part, uh, a luxury, at least to the attendee, the consumer, that sort of thing. Um, yeah. You know, I'm not trying to vilify you or <laughs> rake you over the coals yeah. here, but I, I do want <clears throat> to know, like, what were some of the thoughts that you had regarding that when you were thinking about going to these conventions?
1: So... Um, <clears throat> I read all the uh, – they send you a document when you are exhibitor for these conventions about, like, all the safety protocols uh, to follow for the COVID uh, safety. Uh, and all of all of it, especially for Essen, is pretty rigorous. Uh, like, uh, everyone in the convention needs to be uh, fully vaccinated, have a test uh, in the days before, uh, wear a mask at all times and sanitize their hand at every station of board games. and there's like the social distancing limitations all kinds of tools uh put in place to help that um and i myself am uh fully vaccinated i got all the the, the stuff sorted out um so like i know there is some kind of um that, like there was a uh, pictures of Gen Con being shared online about yeah, like oh how, yeah, how How insane is it? And that Uh, was pretty
0: divisive in the community. Like, I I think there was like Twitter wars going on, and you know, Mm -hmm. I was just kind of in the background. Like, uh, you know, I I just (laughs) hope people are safe. Like, whatever you choose to do, I hope you're choosing to do what you do safely. Uh, But it really did feel like it was divisive within the the social media aspect of the tabletop gaming hobby, where people were like. I'm going block anyone who said that they went to Gen Con and, you know, like mm-hmm. it was back and forth. It, it was drama. It was drama and, for and, sure. And you had to be there because the, the picture that was sent around was
1: in the, the, like in the, the waiting area for attendees and they could have done a better job. It's true to like organize people waiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but inside of the convention hall uh like it was there was strict rules and you had to um there was like ample room for people to walk around uh, while exercising social distancing uh we were ourselves are always wearing masks uh providing hand sanitizer to everyone and asking them to to use it so um I, i think we did our part in like trying to make it a safer space for people um and like it, it wasn't that bad inside like the outside on the first day yeah it was kind of a mess yeah uh, <laughs> but that was like the 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 picture like if you look any if you would expand that picture that there, there was no one else around like it was just the picture zoomed in on the like massive crowd of people um for Essen I'm hoping it would be better handled uh and as like my own responsibility in this uh i'm trying to take as many precautions as i can and trying to be as responsible as i can but the fact is um <clears throat> being a first-time creator and having Mega Pulse being like a racing game which is hard to sell for some people uh mm-hmm. like it's not for everyone right um uh, i i like going to sn going to gen con is kind of uh a safety measure for us to make sure that like the kickstarter at least works out because we've put so much money and and effort into this like all our soul (laughs) and that um like we want to put the best chances on on our side um so yeah maybe
0: maybe we we should not have gone well let, let, let's <laughs> let's take it back to to happier more positive things let, yeah. let's take it back to game design <laughs> itself you know because sure. because you're right you know you this is a, a niche genre within tabletop games not everyone's going to like racing games it's yeah. something that's visceral and cinematic and you want to get that in front of people so again like i was saying you know the the desire to go to conventions you have a meaningful business aspect to like why you would want to go to these conventions like it it is going to make or break it for you as opposed to like leader games you know they could just release a game and it's going to sell a bajillion copies because cole worley (laughs) was involved in kyle fair and did the artwork right you know like you need to get that in front of people and not just because you're a first-time creator but also because of the type of game that it is um so I want to know, like you clearly have thought a lot about how to solve some of these issues that are inherent to this genre or what might be like challenges for people to to wrestle with as they're playing this. What was the most challenging thing to overcome as you were designing and developing this game? Like, was there a particular hard nut to crack where you needed to, like, really beat your head against the wall to make it satisfying? Or did it just kind of come together fluidly? So, uh, most of it came together quite uh, fluidly uh, because we
1: didn't center the, like, we didn't start designing the game around a theme or a mechanic we started uh, making it around a moment. So we were uh, thinking about that moment when uh, handling a curve in the game and you move dangerously closer and closer to the outer edge because you lose traction, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that excitement of not going slower in that moment, <laughs> going faster, uh, but having this uh, this effect that helps you move sideways instead. So instead of slowing down, you just go faster and at some point in the curve you go sideways to keep going Mm -hmm. so that's the what that's what we call the side thrust that's one of your cards in your hand that allows you to do that and the game is is centered around uh handling those curves and uh and from that that point we uh we build a game around that so it was pretty fairly easy i think uh we found a way pretty early on to develop that feeling of the game And then the hardest part was to find who to market this game to. So (laughs) we were like, it's a racing game, but I don't personally enjoy a racing game. I'm not a car guy. uh, So like NASCAR, all that stuff, I'm not really into that. Mm -hmm. But uh, so I was like, who would enjoy a a racing game if even I don't enjoy racing games, but I do enjoy Megapoles. So we found out that, like, yeah, you can't, no, no one really, like, enjoys racing game like in the in the mainstream uh, of like board games. But then everyone loves Mario Kart, like everyone plays it as a kid, everyone. And what's about Kart that we like is the interaction between players. Mm-hmm. So we added that and that was uh, that came to us fairly easy after that first struggle of finding how finding out like who was uh, the game for. So Wipeout players, F-Zero players, Mario Kart players, we made the game for them. Um, so, and mechanic wise, the the biggest challenge was uh, handling the death, like the destruction of your hover car. So what happens if you lose your last health point? So initially it was really punishing, uh, like you you, must, you had to lose your, your whole turn just to repair. And then because you're at zero speed, you had to spend the next few turns, just gather up speed again. It was quite punishing. Uh, We flipped it around. Instead of punishing players for dying, we actually uh, chose to reward players for uh, killing other players. Yeah, there you go. That's a (laughs) great inversion there. So if I deal damage to you when you die, I'm going to get a bunch of frenzy tokens that help me move forward even more. So that way it feels good because uh, you get rewarded for killing the player because in the earlier version, even if I killed you, I should be happy, but I just feel guilt because like I just made you have a bad time playing the game and it's supposed (laughs) to be fun, right? So I'm like, "Ah, I will not kill you just because I don't want you to be mad at me. (laughs) But then uh, with that new system then I actually actively gain a reward. So I have a reason to kill you. And when you die, uh, you're not crying over your uh, your uh, miserable fate. You have uh, just a small inconvenience in front of you and you can just keep going and it's not that bad, right? So uh, that that took a lot of time to refine because once we knew we wanted to reward players for doing that, uh, actually finding a system that works, that is not fiddly, that is intuitive, took it a, last, a lot of iteration and actually just two weeks before Gen Con was the moment we had our, our last like stroke of genius uh, of how to handle that system and it worked wonders at Gen Con so uh, that that was a really the biggest pain for us is was to design <laughs> that mechanic and we learned a lot
0: while doing so. Well, that's awesome. Well, the Kickstarter is coming up here on October 26th, and I'm certainly looking forward to it. I love racing games. I love Mario Kart, and it seems to have this kinetic energy to it that kind of reminds me of like Adrenaline, another fantastic adaptation of a very (laughs) different type of video game genre, but still emphasizing the 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 benefit to attacking other players rather than the the detraction from your own strategy as you get attacked by other players so i'm really looking forward to it i'm excited to hear how the next convention goes for you and i am so excited to hear how you do for the kickstarter itself nicholas thank you for coming on to the show this has been awesome thank you so much for having me it has been a pleasure Mm-hmm.